Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 53 of Season 4 Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast where we take a hilarious and poignant journey through the 1989 Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan Lamcom when Harry met Sally, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is Bubble Eat from It's Time to Rewind. Welcome back to the show, Bubble Eat, and beware the Ides of March. I assure you, I have a good personality. <laughs> Okay, if that if that works, that that's good too. <laughs> so minute fifty three begins with Harry responding to Jess and ends with Sally trying to understand Jess. So yesterday we had a whole minute of uh, Sally and her friend Marie walking through the uh, walking through Manhattan on the way to somewhere, presumably to a date. And then for the last, like, two seconds of the minute, we get uh, Harry and Jess doing the same, but uh, apparently coming from the opposite direction. You know, they're coming from the east side, they're coming from the west side, who knows. And yesterday's mm-hmm. minute ended with uh, Jess saying, I don't know about this. And this minute begins with Harry responding and saying, well, it's just a dinner. And then Jess goes, you know, I finally got got into a place in my life where I'm comfortable with the fact that it's just me and my work. If she's so great, why aren't you taking her out? So then Harry says to him, how many times do I have to tell you? We're just friends. So you're saying she's not that attractive. No, I told you she's attractive. Yeah, but you also said she had a good personality. She has a good personality. And then I love the fact that, like, we get this this – like facial expression from that by from Jess. And he goes, what? And then he, Jess goes, when someone's not that attractive, they're always described as having a good personality. So Harry goes, Harry tries to defend himself and says, look, if you would have asked me, what does she look like? And I said, she has a good personality. That means she's not attractive. But just because I happened to mention that she has a good personality could be either. She could be attractive with a good personality or not attractive with a good personality. So which one is she? Attractive, but not beautiful, right? And <laughs> Harry just gives him a look like, okay, I give up. I'm not I'm not able to deal with this anymore. Let's just, you know, move along and, and talk in silence and stuff like that. So first of all, this is once again a great conversation between two characters in this movie. You know, the the mm-hmm. the it flows. The, the 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 chemistry between the two of them is is spectacular. You know, we really can understand what they're both talking about, what they're interested in, you know, what they mean by everything that they're saying here. You know, and uh, this is another example of this movie being a pre-Seinfeld uh, film. You know, there are a lot of discussions between characters that I can imagine what could have been happening in the Seinfeld uh, world. You know, can, couldn't you imagine Jerry and George having this type of conversation? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and, and it fits and I in will perfectly. Also say that, I will also say that I'm totally on Harry's side on this, on this conversation because you can definitely have somebody that is attractive and has a good personality. But if you're asked about somebody's looks, and you change the subject to their personality, that's a red flag. Correct. Correct. Now, I mean, my biggest question is, okay, Jess 
and we'll go back a little bit to yesterday, Marie, have already agreed to go on this, this blind date. So, like, why have these type of conversations now? You know, you should have had these conversations uh, a week ago or yesterday, you know, when, when this originally was broached. You know, obviously, they're doing it for us. But it's the type of thing that if, you know, if someone uh, back in, the, you know, decades ago when I was single, someone was trying to fix me up. So I would, you know, ask them questions before I was on my way to the date. Because <laughs> at this point, it's a lost cause. <laughs> you know, right now, it doesn't matter if Sally is attractive with a good personality or unattractive with a good personality. Jess is already on his way to, to the cafe to have a date with her. You know, yeah, it's not like he can back out of it now. That's I right. mean, he could, but that that would be right. a pretty bad situation, all things considered. But I do think that a lot of it is just, you know, cold feet and him second guessing. But just because they have this additional time, then potentially not not as much else to talk about. So that's that's the angle that he's going at right which is really funny because you would think that harry and jess have a lot to talk about because you know here this is his best friend they talk about everything you know they were they were they were in the batting cages last week and they were talking about things you know uh two weeks ago Harry, <laughs> they were talking about you know uh you know some very intimate things too where harry was able to make a woman meow and jess couldn't get that out of his mind you know like so they are having very uh uh, you can you can look at it either and say they're having deep conversations or they're having superficial conversations, but they they have what to talk about. That's what it comes down to, and that's the thing that 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 gets me here. You know, the you know these these two guys, if they're having this conversation, uh, obviously it's from the movie's perspective. They need to have it happen at this point because it would have been silly just having. You know, Harry and Jess sitting somewhere, I don't know, an ice cream shop, ice cream parlor, or having pizza talking about this type of thing. You know, it makes more sense from a, a script writing perspective to have it happen as they're on their way to the the date itself. But, you know, in reality, right. I don't think this is the way it would have played out. <laughs> you know, you, you don't wait yeah, until, until... I do think in reality that they, that they would have had this conversation whenever he brought up the idea of the blind date. Right. And, and also with, you know, this, it, it once again shows that this movie is slightly dated because, you know, had, had this scenario been happening today. So Harry could have just shown Jess a picture on a cell phone of what Sally looks like. You know, you can see her, her WhatsApp profile or Facebook profile, or, you know, maybe when they were at, in Central Park or at, at the, you know, the, the museum, they took pictures together or something like that, you know, but back in 1989, mm -hmm. you know, 34 years ago, that was something that, that wouldn't have necessarily happened. You know, you wouldn't, they, they didn't even know what a selfie was at the time. You know, I can imagine <laughs> Harry and Sally yeah. at some point taking a picture together somewhere, maybe not on New Year's Eve or something like that. Or, you know, even if Sally's the type of person who, you know, wouldn't, it doesn't put her picture on her profile, you know, that type of thing that you could still find some way for Harry to be able to show Jess what she looks like, right. you know, that type of thing. Cause you know, if he wants to be superficial and only deal with the fact of whether, you know, whether he thinks she's attractive or not. I mean, again, that goes back to the whole idea of, you know, beauty being in the eye of the beholder. You know, some people can think someone is attractive and some people can think that they're not, 
And, you know, there is, I guess you can say the universal aspect of, of what's considered attractive and what's not, but it's not, it, even if people think it's universal, it's not really universal. You know, you're always going to have people yeah, saying there's the whole thing of like symmetry and the golden ratio. Exactly. There, there's so much that, that, that you can add into this whole topic that, that tells you that, okay, this isn't something that is, you know, set in stone. You know, Harry could could say that that you know he thinks that that Sally is an attractive woman, but Jess could look at her and say, "Oh, I don't think she's attractive." You know, which you know we'll get to a little bit later on. You know, Jess is enthralled more by Marie. You know, whether it's because of her looks or whether it's because of of something that we're going to talk about tomorrow. You know, we don't know where that actually comes from, where that initial spark comes from. But, you know, or maybe, you know, Jess is a big Star Wars fan and says, wow, this woman looks so much like Princess Leia. And, you know, <laughs> that that's something that does it for him. You know, going back to the Friends idea of, you know, uh, you know, most men who grew up in the 70s or 80s had Princess Leia fantasies. You know, that type of thing. You never know. <laughs> it's it's very possible. Yeah, I, I also I also like the the kind of slightly unspoken point about the difference between attractive and beautiful. Right. <laughs> and, and I do think that at this point, Harry probably does think that Sally is beautiful, but he doesn't allow himself to think that she's beautiful because thinking that someone is beautiful means that there is this additional romantic attraction. Right. And we talked about this yesterday. They, they're at this point where they want to retain their friendship and not move on to the next level. And But he is allowed to think that she's attractive because he's already said as such several times. Like he said that's on their, their first meeting on the, the drive from Chicago to New right. York. And so that, that means that he's allowed to think that she's attractive because he has always thought that she's attractive. But that was 10 years so ago. So that might, might be know. different. Yeah. You know, just because he thought that 10 years ago doesn't necessarily mean that his, I mean, we, we know what Helen looks like. Well, we don't yet in the movie know what she looks like, but you know, anyone, anyone who's seen the movie knows what Helen looks like. And, and, you know, you can't say that, that Harry has a particular look that he's looking for because both Sally and Helen look very different. You have people who constantly go out with someone who looks the, the same archetype, I guess you can say. And you don't have that here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I do think that, you know, moving from attractive to beautiful would be escalating. And him saying that she's attractive is maintaining the level that he's kept for all these years. Right. Okay. That's fair. That's definitely fair to say that. And and it, it makes sense. You know, he's he's hmm. trying. I mean, we saw a little glimpse of it at the New Year's Eve party. You know, where he's looking at it and we're not 100% sure if he really, you know, is is quote unquote over her or not. You know, they're, they're still debating whether they should be going out or whether they should just remain good friends. You know, each of them have that inkling within them about that. So, I, I, I mean, I like the way that they do that here in this movie. You know, they, they don't, they, they let the audience see that these characters are not 100% sure what they want. Yeah, I, I also 
think that it's interesting on their walk and talk, and, and it's something that I brought up yesterday with Sally and Marie. Uh, again, like with their um, their body language, mm-hmm. that that Harry again is the more like he's got his hand in his pockets and he doesn't have a whole lot of arm movements until until they actually stop walking and turn to each other. Then he moves his hand a little bit as he's speaking. But Jess is a bit more animated with his, you know, he, he flails his arms a little bit more and he is generally more animated. Okay. And why do you think, why do you think Jess does that? Um, well, I, I think that that's, you know, that means that shows that he is, more com- like it's it's already showing that he's more compatible with Marie because Sally and Harry are showing similar body language and movements even before this and Marie and Jess are showing similar characteristics. Okay, but on the other hand, you know, there's whole the whole idea of opposites attract. You know, if <laughs> you know, a lot of times you know, you might say that, okay, two people who are very talkative might be great together, but on the other hand, they might not be because it might annoy them to be with someone else who's fighting with them for, for the ring, for the, you know, for the ability to, you know, to, to dominate the conversation or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, so therefore, I, I don't know, it, 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 but it could be either way, you know, they, they say on the one hand, opposites attract, but we also know uh, that that isn't always the case. <laughs> not everyone is Paul Abdul with mm-hmm. with a cartoon character. I mean that that's actually one of <laughs> MC Scat. That's, right. that's one of my favorite music videos cuz I think they did such a great job with that. That and Take on Me. You know, are, are two amazing yeah, videos from the 80s that or actually I think I think the Paul Abdul one was probably like 91 92. But I they just did such a great job with it of showing how these, mm-hmm. you know, how you know how advanced they were and how things could, you know, where things were going from that perspective. So yeah. I think that that works really, really well. Yeah. I, 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 but I think you're making a great point about the, the idea of the body language between these characters. Um, and I, you know, I, I never thought about it before, but I think that does add something to the fact that Harry and Sally both have similar, you know, hand movements, or I guess you can say when they're when they're walking, and how Jess and Marie do, you know, to show more or less the, the compatibility. I I, I like look I like mm-hmm. looking at it that way. I think that's a a good thing. So then they they get into the cafe and they are actually in. Do you know the name of this cafe? No, I do not. Okay, so it is known as the Café Luxembourg. It is a real café. Um, it is located on the Upper West Side of, of Manhattan. And why do you think Rob Reiner chose this chose this place to film it? Do you have any idea? Uh, I don't know. That the name of the café sounds familiar, but uh, I can't really think of anything that I've heard about it before. Okay, so he chose it because he actually went on a the first date with his wife at that mo- at that uh, restaurant. His wife uh, hmm. is uh, his wife is named Michelle Singer. This was his second wife. His first wife was was Penny Marshall, but his uh, wife Michelle Singer 
when they were dating and they actually met while they were making this movie. Okay, he ended up going, they, they ended up going out on a date into, uh, you know, at that restaurant. And apparently that gave him the idea to, hey, why don't we, uh, you know, find a way to incorporate it into When Harry Met Sally. You know, he, mm-hmm. he mentions on the commentary that that, that he took her there. Um, I, I also know that she apparently has some sort of connection of something that she was doing on on the movie. But when I've checked on IMDb, I can't seem to find her listed there. So I'm I'm not really sure what it is that 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 she did in uh, you know in in When Harry Met Sally, you know how she was connected there. I mean she's she's a photographer. She does still photography and stuff like that. So maybe I mean maybe she did uncredited work or something like that, or maybe he met her while they were doing it or something like that. I don't know, because yeah. because literally she does not have any credits in IMDb that are related to an Iron Man Sally. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So here they are sitting in in this this restaurant, which is uh, as I said in the Upper West Side of New York, and we start off again a great way of giving us uh, characters talking in the middle of a conversation. You know, it's not they don't they don't have us. They don't show us having the characters meet and having the characters, you know, wait in line and get to the get to the table or anything like that. They're already at the table. They're already engaging in in conversation. They already all have their drinks on the table. You know, thing, things have been moving on and now the conversation is considered is is continuing. And then Jess says, "It's like whenever I read Jimmy Breslin, it's as if he's leaving a wake up call for the city of New York." You know. And Sally looks at him and goes, "What do you mean by a wake up call?" And he goes, "Well." He's saying, and he starts like uh, trying to explain what what's going on. So, I mean, the the tracking shot is just amazing. The way that it it like moves around the table. I mean, obviously you see this in other movies also, but but basically it moves around the table. We get a little uh, taste of the conversation between Sally and Jess, and it's moving towards where Harry and Marie are sitting, and we'll we'll get there tomorrow when we talk about that. Now, do you know who Jimmy Breslin is, or was? Um, I, I did just a a very quick Google search, and uh, you know, I I recognized a a handful of things that he was involved in, but uh, I was not really very familiar with the name. Right, I actually came across the name not long ago because because uh, he's very prominent for the whole idea of the uh, son of Sam. So in the the movie. Uh, in, in Spike Lee's Summer of Sam, uh, he actually portrayed himself. And, you know, mm-hmm. the whole idea is it's he, he was a journalist who was who was writing a whole bunch of articles about David Berkowitz or as they were trying to find David Berkowitz. So he is basically known as a, an investigative journalist who w- worked for decades in New York. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of his, I mean, he's like, I, I saw this, he has like tons of articles that he wrote and he even wrote books. You know, he has a list of like uh, 10 or 15 books that, that he wrote uh, all about a whole mm-hmm. bunch of things that, that, uh, you know, that, that he, um, that he covered throughout the, throughout the years that he was uh, doing stuff. 
Um, he, he obviously had some some uh, controversies over the years. Also, he was actually once uh, uh, beaten and robbed while he was covering the Crown Heights riots in 1991. Uh, he he was a very connected person. You know, I'm not saying connected as in the mafia. He just he 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 was connected <laughs> to, to to high profile people. You know, in New York, and he was able to get some some really good. Uh, information all the time. Uh, he passed away in uh, 2017. He was uh, 88 when when he passed away, and he has a few film roles. the The biggest one, what I said, was uh, Summer of Sam, where he basically played himself. And you know, like I said, a lot of a lot of people used to listen a lot to his. They they would read his column, and and like Jess, they would be enthralled by by everything that 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 he said. So for Jess, this was it sounds as if this was his mentor. You know, this is the guy who who mm-hmm. convinced him that he wants to be a writer or a journalist or whatever it is that Jess actually does. We're, we know he does something with writing. We never find out specifically what he does. You know, we... Yeah, he says, uh, tomorrow, he's the reason I became exactly. a writer. Right. He's But he's a writer. He doesn't explain what type of writer he does. What does he write? You know, well, we we get a little, we get a few ideas later on, but uh, you know, Sally is a journalist. You know, so I think that mm-hmm. might be one of the reasons also that Harry was interested in fixing the two of them up because here you can put a writer and a journalist together. You know, we'll we'll find yeah. out later this week what what Marie does, and I don't know how that connects really with with Harry, but again, you don't have to necessarily be uh, professionally compatible. You know the you know that that's less important for people, and in some ways it could even be better if you're in a relationship where you're not professionally compatible, because each of you does your own things. But you know as long as you you know you're 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 romantically and perfectly uh, compatible otherwise, then it doesn't really make a difference from that perspective. Yeah, and I I like the way that this conversation is shot and. We talked about it a little bit, like with the, um, it, it's not exactly like overlapping dialogue, but we can tell that the the four of them are having two separate yeah. conversations, even though right now we're focused on Jess and Sally. Right. Tomorrow we can see that a little more. And, and it moves. Mm-hmm. And I, I like um, the way Sally, the way that we see Sally. Uh, how she's invested into Jess's com- Jess's uh, conversation because again, like just with this facial performance, you know, she has her held head tilted to the side. She is looking at him, but you know, she has a very serious look on her face as she is looking at him, paying attention. But you can tell that she's not necessarily enjoying herself. Um, you know, she has her her hands down at her sides. It's it's more of a very serious look. Uh, you can tell that they're that she's uh, paying attention. She, but she's, she's being not courteous. Necessarily enjoying herself. She's being point. very courteous. Yes. Mm. You know, and she's she's asking the questions. She's she's you know she's going through the motions. She's not uh, you know pretending that she doesn't want to be there, or she's not pretending. We don't know right. if she. Well, that's the thing. We don't know at this point if she has any interest in Jess right away from the fact that, that uh, you know, she starts quizzing him to explain himself. 
you know, as, as a good journalist probably would do. You know, if you say that this is yeah, the person that can... got me to want to do my job. So, you know, her first question was, okay, explain it. What do you, what do you mean? Yeah. It's like within, within just, you know, 10, 10 to 15 seconds, we can already tell that this date is not necessarily right. going very well. It's true. That's true. But we'll have to wait and see what happens during the course of the week between them. Some things might change. You never know. You might get a little bit of spark here and there. That is possible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so do you have anything else you want to say mm -hmm. about this minute before we get into the script? No, I, I think that. Okay. So everything. the script actually, uh, it starts off with Jess and Harry walking through the street. And Jess says, I hate myself for letting you talk me into this, which is much stronger than anything else is that's here. And Harry, and he continues talking by saying, you know, you know, I finally got into the, to, I've finally gotten to a place in my life where I'm comfortable with the fact that it's just me and my work. So, you know, it isn't, we don't have the fact of Harry staying, it's just the dinner, you know, saying you, you're, you haven't really done anything wrong here. It's just a thing. Um, and then they, they, they mention in the script about the fact that, uh, um, it, it has the fact that Jess makes a precisely my point gesture when Harry says she does have a good personality, you know, and then Harry's response mm -hmm. is what, uh, which, which is done really well. I mean, I, I like that they have certain direction in the script that plays out really well on mm -hmm. screen by, by showing us what these characters yeah. are really doing and stuff like that. Um, and then the only other thing is they have uh, a description here. With the when they're in the restaurant, it says uh, Harry, Jess, Sally, and Marie at a table. A waiter has just brought them drinks. You know, but we'll, we'll get a little more into the drinks tomorrow because that it's a little more. Uh, you can see it a little easier. Um, all yeah. right. So every Wednesday we have a segment called Harry Burns Hump Day, where my guests will give their top five Billy Crystal performances. So uh, what have you got for us? Bye bye. Sure. Uh, I'm going to start out at my number five is City Slickers. I I honestly don't remember a ton about this movie other than I enjoyed it because I, I watched it, you know, many years ago. And I think I've only seen both of them once, but I did enjoy them. And Billy Crystal's great in it. It's because it's because, uh, it's because there's, there's four... no superheroes in it. So you don't, you know, even though <laughs> some people might say that, yeah. that Curly is a superhero. You know, Jack Palance, great job. <laughs> yeah, he definitely has yes. that air about him. Uh, my number four is Monsters, Inc. Uh, Mike Wazowski. I, uh, that's, you know, all all of that whole Monsters universe is great. I've seen a lot of it. And, and I liked Monsters University. And I even like the, the Disney Plus series Monsters at Work. That that's a fun little uh, series, like a you know short, I think six or eight episodes. Um, I think that's fun, and and Billy Crystal has a, a small role in that as well, even though it's mostly focused on other characters. But Monsters Inc. was is really you know his introduction, and I still think that that's that's kind of the the pinnacle of the Mike Wazowski character. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, my number, yeah. Uh, my number three is this movie, When Harry Met Sally. I I think that 
Harry Burns is a very well-rounded character and we don't get a a ton of Billy Crystal's comedic chops like we get a little bit of it here and there but he really feels like a a, a real character uh my number two is Howl's Moving Castle uh Howl's Moving Castle he does the the voice in the English dub of the the living mm-hmm. flame calcifer that's uh, that controls the house and I I am a huge Ghibli fan. I and I think Howl's Moving Castle is my favorite Miyazaki movie. I just love it, and you know, Calcifer is just such a great character, and Billy Crystal really makes him come to life, and and a, a great English dub, um, and and I just love that. And my number one. I have to go with Miracle Max and Princess Bride. <laughs> Why does that not surprise me? He's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Princess Bride is like my all-time favorite movie. I, I just, I love this movie. And whenever Miracle Max comes in, he just absolutely steals the movie from start to finish. It's so many greats you know there's nothing like a great mutton mlt mutton lettuce and tomato and the mutton is just mm. <laughs> to blade that means to bluff all right that's great thank you very much for that so you want to once again tell people where they can find bubble wheat sure um you know my longest running project and it's it's still it's much less active than it's used to be, but I do still try and put a written review up there every a few months or so is Flights, Tights, and Movie Nights, where you can find over 500 written reviews of superhero and comic book movies. And, uh, you know, I am, I'm not, not willing to let it go, even though I, I don't write as often as I'd like to. But in any time that I do catch a new superhero movie, I do try to uh, put a new review. I think I did three or four reviews in the course of 2022. So it's uh, it's much less active than it used to be, but it's uh, not going away anytime soon. And while you're doing that, you can go rate, review, and subscribe to any podcast you might be using to listen to this show. You can find me very simply by doing a search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on my website, MovieRobMinute.com. Find me on Twitter, or you can find me on Facebook. So, until tomorrow, I'll have what she's having. I'll have what she's having. Gave me a thrill with all your faults. I love you still. It had to be you. Wonderful you. Had to be you.